0: Well, I wonder what your Christmas was like. I wonder what your approach to the new year is like. I wonder what you're looking forward to. I wonder what's top of your mind for this coming year. Um, I think we can approach things in different ways, can't we? Some people perhaps approach Christmas with, a, uh, oh my goodness gracious me, it's going to happen. And, uh, you know people are going to come and stay, or whatever it might be, and and others approach it with a yes. You know, what an opportunity, what fun it's going to be to get together. It's all to do with attitude. And I want to think this morning about probably the single most important attitude any of us can have in our lives. I want to pick up slightly on what Richard was praying about, because I think that uh, there is an awful lot of... Bad news going on around the world. Actually, there's a terrible amount of suffering all over the world. And, and we can change some of that by our attitude towards it. But by choosing, obviously, to do something, but attitude is really important. And I want to think about an attitude that is entirely different from many of the attitudes that we have when we face the future. Some people, when they think about the future, are full of apprehension. We're not sure what it's going to bring. Other people have an attitude of excitement. Uh, Some people have an attitude of apathy. You can get that even within one family. Uh, In our family, some, some people wake up in the morning and go, great, another day. Other people go, do I really have to get out of bed? It's a different approach to the day. It's all to do with attitude This next year can bring a real fear of the future. But there is an attitude that can change anything we face, and it's the attitude of hope. I want you to watch a little DVD clip at the moment. Can we put that on? Um, uh, And uh, just watch the face of Mr. Incredible when he hears a bit of good news. Thank you. There isn't much time. No, there isn't. In fact, there's no time at all. Please. Why are you here? How can you possibly bring me lower? What more can you take away from me? A family survived the crash. They're here on the island. They're alive? We better stop it there. I just wanted you to see the Mr. Incredible face, really, but we had to keep going, just because it's so fun to see uh, what goes on. Uh, hope. He suddenly had hope. He'd heard that his family had been killed. He suddenly had hope. Um, Jeremiah 29:11 says this, "For I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord's plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future it promises us. God's future, it promises us God's hope, and they always go together, hope and a future. When we use the word hope today, it's become sort of a bit of a weak word, it becomes, you know, I I hope my meal would be hot, or I hope it might be sunny tomorrow, it's become this feeling of I wish, really. Um, But the Bible doesn't use the word that way. The Bible uses the word hope with absolute confidence. I hope so I have a confidence. I hope so I'm not afraid. I hope so I can walk into the future. That's the kind of gift that God wants to give us. The gift of hope in our hearts. Real hope. Real hope is like oxygen to the soul. We can't live without it. It's not just about being an optimist. It's, about, it's not just about seeing a glass as half full or a pessimist who sees a glass as half empty. It's about someone who sees the glass firmly held in God's hands. The glass that God is firmly in control. That's what hope is. We are all in need of hope. You know, we're living longer, we have more. Never in human history have so many had so much for so long and been so depressed about it. But actually we have such hope, the kind of hope that God gives us and it changes everything. It says this in our reading in verse 7, we're confident that as you share in our sufferings, you'll also share in the comfort God gives us. Our hope is set firm. And in verse 10 it says, and did he rescue us from mortal danger? Did he rescue us... Again, we've placed our hope in him, our hope in God our Father. I want to bring out three points very quickly. The first is this, hope is what keeps us going. Paul, the writer of this letter, has faced amazing difficulties. He's been beaten and shipwrecked and abandoned and is starving. He's been thirsty and pursued by others, and yet he has hope. Hope is what's kept him going. Hope is what keeps him going. Hope is the fuel that enables him to look into the future. Isaiah 40 says, Those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. It enables us to keep going for the next day. They'll soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not grow faint. God God gives us hope to keep us going. I wonder if you could finish this sentence. With hope, I can. With hope, I can live with. What would you add into there? With hope, I can live with the disappointment of work. With hope, I could live with whatever it might be. You could think of something to put in there. I hope you didn't put your husband or wife's name in there that moment. But with hope, with hope, I can live with. Whatever burden it is, whatever you have, with hope we can get through with a hope, a confident hope that is in Christ Jesus. A confident hope that roots us in a faith in God. Paul says this in verse 8. He says, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure and we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on On God, that he would rescue us again and again. You know, so often we can feel like that, can't we, that actually we can relate to those words. We're going through an awful lot and we need someone to help us go through, get through. Am I going to make it? I read a story of someone called Florence Chadwick Florence Chadwick was the first person, in 1951, she swam the channel both ways. And when attempting to achieve another goal, she was going to swim from Catalina to the Californian coast. Uh, But she didn't quite make it. It wasn't the cold waters, it wasn't the sharks, it wasn't the 15 to 16 hour swim that she had. In fact, what... What, enabled her, what stopped her reaching her goal was that a fog rolled in and she was unable to see the coastline. And she quit half a mile from the coast. And when she got out of the water, she said this. She said, I'm not trying to make an excuse, but I feel like if the fog hadn't been there and I could have seen the land, I would have made it. And she tried again uh, the next year. The fog rolled in again but this time she knew, and in fact the coastline was there, and she made it in two hours less than anybody had ever done it before. And, and that, a, a lot of, the, of us are like that. It's like the fog rolls in and we can lose hope. But you know, there's no need to lose hope in the immovable object of God, the one who is always there, the constant, who's there for us in our lives. Hope keeps us going. The second thing is this, hope brings us joy. You don't have to wait to get to heaven to enjoy the hope that God wants to give you. In the New Testament, the word hope is used once before the resurrection. It's used in Matthew's Gospel once before the resurrection. But after the resurrection of Christ, it's used 70 times. Hope comes from the resurrection of Christ, from what, what, what is an immovable object, Christ's resurrection from the dead, that enables us to know new life again. The resurrection starts with the cross. Hope often starts. We need hope in the darkest of places in our lives. And when we come from that place of darkness, we come the cross through to the resurrection, to the light, we find hope. You know, the cross is the perfect uh, symbol of our faith. A lot of people wear a cross around their necks, but it was an instrument of execution, yet it's the perfect illustration of our faith. It was a dark place that God turned into a resurrection. He turned into a light place. The cross tells us that he not only understands our pain, but he can transform our pain. He not only understands our difficulties but he can resurrect our difficulties. He can give us new life. There is a hope out there in the future that is indescribable. And it's in a place called heaven. It's a perfect hope, a perfect place with a perfect God who ultimately will perfect all things for eternity. It says this in our reading in verse 10. And he did rescue us from mortal danger and he will rescue us again. We've placed our confidence in him, and he will continue to rescue us. He continues to give us hope. Lamentations says this, but I have hope when I think of this. The Lord's love never ends. His mercies never stop. So firstly, hope gives us fuel. It, it, it helps us, keeps us going. Secondly, hope brings us joy. And thirdly, Hope can begin today. Today, the first day of 2012. I was looking up yesterday, I was going through some some things and stuff today, I was looking up yesterday and I looked at that film, 2012. Did anybody of you see that film? I never saw it. But I saw the trailers, I asked somebody last night and she said it was no good. But I, 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 I looked at the film and all the predictions about 2012 and I thought, well, it was just a film... But actually, a lot of people see the future is collapsing. Actually, with God, there's a secure, ultimate hope in the future that we're to work towards. It's a future that has the cross at the centre of it. It's a future that has new life as part of it. It's a future that has Jesus as the anchor in it. And we can work towards that future. So when we listen to some of the troubles around the world, when we face... Whatever we're going to face in this country, there's probably going to be an economic recession, there's probably going to be all sorts of things. Things will be difficult, but with Christ, there is a secure hope. We can offer something different. We can offer people something to hold on to. We can offer a resurrection. We don't have to wait for hope, it can begin today. It enables the person who's lost their job to look for another it helps the person who's been victimized in a terrible way to help somebody else who's been victimized it is hope that enables someone who's, who's just not sure about the future not sure where it's going to put one foot in front of another and keep going knowing that god has their life in his hands it's hope that it enables somebody who's had a dream that shattered to put it back together piece by piece it's hope that it enables you to look forward to the future Even when you've sat down across the desk from that doctor and they've looked you in the eye and said, we don't think it's going to get better. Hope will keep us going. Hope in something secure and that something secure is a someone who's called Jesus Christ. He's the one who wants us to put our faith in him and to walk with him into whatever this new year will bring. And this new year will bring new hope and a new future if we trust in him. And we can do that even now. Maybe some of you here today, as you come into 2012, maybe today would be a good day to recommit ourselves to Christ and to say, I'm going to follow you in this year, whatever it takes. Maybe today would be a good day to say, as Lindsay's been advertising, I'll pick up the Bible every day, I'll read your word every day. I'll I'll trust in you, get fed by you every day, this year. This year will be the year where I'll grow stronger. Lots of us in my faith, lots of us make New Year's resolutions, don't we? I'm not one for making New Year's resolutions because I'm always disappointed when I don't make it, when I don't don't complete it. But um, I, I, I decided, in my mind I decided, I'm going to get fit in 2012. That's what I decided. So on the day after Boxing Day, I started running. And uh, after the third day of running, I thought, I need a week's rest after that. I, I can't keep going with it. No, I'll, we will do more. We will do more. You know, we make resolutions for the year, don't we? But why not make a resolution? I'm going to grow stronger in my faith this year. I'm going to pursue my God this year. I'm going to, I'm going to make him the anchor of my soul. And I thought it would be good this morning, as we're talking about the hope that can be found in Christ, I thought it would be good this morning if I maybe prayed a prayer. And, and maybe you've never prayed this prayer before, but today you go, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to trust, actually, in that secure hope for this new year. I want to, I want to walk with him into this new year, whatever it brings. Or maybe you've prayed this prayer many times over, and you want to pray it again today, just to say, Lord... For you today, I want to say, yes, this is a year where I'm going to ensure that I follow you with all that I am and all that I have. Perhaps you just bow your heads with me. Children, you can do this as well. Just repeat this prayer in your heart if you want to. Jesus Christ, I trust that you're here and that you can hear this prayer. I trust in your cross and that you have the ability to forgive me for the wrongs that I've done. And I pray that you will forgive my sins and you will help me to trust my life into yours. And that in 2012, I will walk with you every day that I will grow stronger in my faith in you every day and that my life will be a reflection of you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.